Hit it. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. You're listening to Pod Me If You Can. This is Pod Me If You Can. Movie reviews by David and Lloyd. An Australian podcast on your favorite movies. Go to www.podmeifyoucan.com. Welcome to Pod Me If You Can. I'm David Farrell. And I'm Lloyd Hughes. And this month, we're taking our time. We're going to discuss video games that have been adapted into films. There's a ton of these. They've been in the system since 1993. So we've had many, many years of many adaptations, some good and some not so good. Lloyd, uh, as a married man, video games are the thing that I don't get to do anymore. Uh, You can't really play video games around your kids unless it's Nintendo Wii, which we have. (laughs) But anything violent seems to, uh, you know, fall under night hours, which, you know, it's not the kind of thing you can monopolize time with and television with. You know, I I played Call of Duty recently, um, and I'm a few games behind in Call of Duty. I'm nowhere near (laughs) uh, the current Call of Duty release. And uh, you just, it's so stop-start. It's so hard to enjoy. So video games have become this thing that I did during my 20s and not as much now i'm in my 30s dave uh, do you still find when, time uh well when when wh- what did you start out as a nintendo or sega how, how did you begin into games uh to be honest the earliest game i can remember playing was on the uh, mac classic and it was like <laughs> stunt copter which i don't know if you've ever heard of and maybe nobody has it's uh where you're basically a constant moving helicopter with a little stick man hanging out of the bottom of it and as you're flying across the screen you're in constant motion there's a little haystack uh being dragged by a horse and it goes at different speeds and you have to drop the little man and have him land in the haystack to continue basically uh it's the earliest game i can recall playing when my dad brought home a mac classic what, what did you what was your first console Ooh, first console um for me sega mega drive but we had a, a, another kid who had a Sega Master System. So I'd played that and Alex Kidd and stuff. Sega Mega Drive was the first one like I had myself. Everything from X-Men to you know Sonic and you, know, you name it. And, um, and you grew up yourself. with heaps of brothers and sisters. Um, did you guys play a lot of cooperative games, two-player games, multiplayer games, or always fighting each other games? Yeah, pretty much. Oh, okay. Um, those those uh, fighting games, you'd, you'd constantly be rotating who has the um, controller. As well, I remember we've, we had uh, Micro Machines, which is like car racing, but the, the cars are minute. That was a so great driving, game. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, for those who don't know, they drive on, like, say, the, the toilet seat was a track where you're just going in a constant circle around the toilet seat or the bathtub. And... There were little uh, things to dodge, and you know, if you knew the course well, you could do it with your eyes closed almost. For micro machines, you could have two people holding one controller, and you could operate it like so. You'd be actually legitimately sharing a controller. Uh, there was, yeah, that's cool. Sega was great. Yeah, I still have my Sega Mega Drive, though now I'm having an issue with the the cords and making it work. I don't even want to get into. But at the moment, mostly what happens is. Um, Nintendo Wii in my house. You've had an Xbox? Have you? Yeah, well, I my first console was a Nintendo. One of the greatest presents I ever got when I was... It, it was on my birthday. My first game was uh, Super Mario Brothers, obviously, and we played that to death. I grew up 
fully with Nintendo. Double Dragon was huge with me and my brother. We got into cooperative gaming at a very young age, like especially Double Dragon. We just loved the magic of working together against uh, the computer and, and then going through stages by stages. And Nintendo catered very well for that. But we didn't have a lot of money. We didn't have many games, so we'd rent out a lot of games. And a lot of games you'd play, you just never finish, and they're just, just this nightmare burnt into you and, <laughs> and things like that because you never completed it um shadow yeah. warriors was a huge one for me as well that's a single player game where you have a ninja it's like one of the first games to have cutscenes as well um and then i moved on to the super nintendo and i got that very very late like i think um they're already announcing the 64 when um uh, or advertising for the 64 when i got the super nintendo and i just played a lot of fighting games then i went on to playstation one playstation really changed everything for me because when i first saw um resident evil 2 and you were mm-hmm. fighting zombies this the terror in that game was so scary it really made a whole thing like okay i'm not going to be ch- running around chasing coins or rescuing princesses anymore this is now i'm playing games for my life i'm running around getting ammo to shoot zombies otherwise they are going to kill me you know so it really added a level of maturity with gaming i love gaming so much but like you said dave the moment you get into your late 20s and early 30s you start thinking about more your career or family or relationships and things like that gaming just demands so much time and i just don't have any time to get into it like i love world of warcraft i respect it i just don't play it because it's like crack cocaine to me i don't get into it (laughs) the last two games i heavily got into was diablo on the computer diablo 3 i think yeah diablo 3 definitely i played that heavily and of course starcraft 2 which i played obsessively um but yeah that's the last of my gaming experiences now i'm just playing the wii u so i'm all back with nintendo i love it i just play with my friends like on the couch gameplay such as nintendo land mario kart especially was huge did you have those nights with nintendo 64 and all that yeah and then some as a 20 year old -old (laughs) as well uh in a share house when we were younger at the local westfield they were doing this big show and tell about nintendo 64 they set up all these screens and all these you know um controllers and you could all go and play and it was pretty much all mario kart everyone was going there for mario kart and uh they were doing a big giveaway where they would give away a nintendo 64 two controllers and i think it was two games on the friday so monday through friday you could go in and get an entry and put it in this big barrel and they would roll the barrel on the Friday and pull out a name. And if you were present for the draw, you would win the Nintendo 64. So we lived pretty close to this um, this Westfield. Um, it was walking distance, so we walked on down and every day put in a, you know, a form and whatever and thought, oh yeah, we'll have a shot at winning this Nintendo 64. They pulled out a piece of paper. The idea was that you got this form and the top half of it was like an ad for the Nintendo 64 or a colouring in competition or something. The bottom quarter of this A4 page was your entry form, so you would tear off those and put those in the barrel. But they pulled out a complete A4 page, so it was bigger. It was one of those things where you reach into the barrel and, you know, that was the biggest thing in there because it's a complete A4 page, which is what my brother was doing. He was putting in the complete form without tearing off the quarter of the page. So when they pulled out this big A4 page, I was like, no way. (laughs) 
and my brother won oh. the Nintendo 64. Two games, two controllers, which is how we got our Nintendo That's 64. That's amazing. Home. Yeah. Shout out to my brother Tom. Nice work. <laughs> the two games were, um, I remember he picked Goldeneye. Oh Which, my gosh, course, wow, yeah. On Nintendo 64, you know, that's the game to have. And uh, we had a game called Lilat Wars, which yep. was like, um, you know... Star Fox, flying, I think, sequel, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly, you're flying uh, spaceships, and we played that to death. Like, every now and then someone will set that up at my uh, parents' place. People will play it, and um, they'll be trying to beat the high scores of each other's high scores. There's no doubt you'll win the game, it's just how many points you'll get along the way now. So Nintendo 64 came into our life in a beautiful way and uh, Goldeneye and everything just, you know, this is the memories I have playing Nintendo 64. Everyone must have wanted to come over to your house to play that. So many kids in my house already that nobody (laughs) could. No, people did. We had two more controller ports, obviously, on the 64, so you could always have four people over playing. Uh, But it was monopolized all the time. Uh, My parents went nuts in terms of how often it was being played for me uh playstation like you say changed the game and for a long time i was saving up for a playstation and i wanted a playstation and then i wanted a g-con gun and i wanted time crisis and i wanted point blank and i wanted to have the arcade experience that they had at the mall in my home yeah you know that was the thing people would do on friday nights you know you go and play these games and uh you know then to have that at home eliminating the cost i suppose of um those friday night gaming sessions i know exactly what you mean i wanted the arcade sticks of street fighter to practice at home because i could never get the arcade sticks like i could be, play street fighter okay or mortal kombat because I, that's all i was used to on the sony uh, on the sony controller or the super nintendo controller but once i hit the arcades i was like oh man how do you do this you know because it's for me it was like a completely different control system so i wanted yeah exactly what you said the arcade setup at home rather than going to the to the mall because back then the arcade place was the place to be and as well there was that war of PlayStation versus Xbox, you know, you're one or the other. Yeah, well, that came out at a great time for us because we were just heading into university. I, I, th- I think our first year university or college was just ending, so a lot of us were starting to work or, or, or get money from the government, you know, as students and sort of thing. So we had a bit of cash um, to, to spend, and the Sony 2 and the Xbox was so enticing for us because they could play what DVD movies, what was becoming the standard then vhs was slowly being elapsed you could also play your music cds and to us that was just a no-brainer we had to because we were so poor so i left nintendo from sony playstation one like i just stopped with nintendo altogether because those consoles just didn't didn't have that versatility i wanted to watch movies on it especially coming from a poor kid like i can't afford to spend that money just on a gaming system it has to play music it has to play movies so and and sony 2 for me was uh, had much more mature themes although i've recently once again acquired a, a nintendo 64 a gamecube um because i love nintendo like i i, I that's my first console i always consider myself a nintendo person but during that stage of my life i could no way in hell afford buying or justify a gamecube or a 64 (laughs) Mm. i haven't advanced to a ps3 or 4 or anything like that but the ability for it to play blu-ray has done exactly the same thing as when they had the dvd 
market. Now with Blu-rays, you know, you want that extra ability. You don't want to buy a Blu-ray player, you can just buy a PlayStation. Look, this, uh, this whole month we're going to be talking about video games. We're going to be talking about video games that have been turned into movies. So there's a lot of titles that maybe we've played, Lloyd, and maybe we haven't, that we're familiar with, that uh, because they have that built-in audience, because we're nostalgic, as you can hear from the last 10 minutes, uh, we're nostalgic for these games that we played and enjoyed. I rented many of the games that got turned into films that we're going to be talking about, and it is, it's this thing where you've rented it and enjoyed it for a while, but you've never purchased it, and maybe it's a financial thing, like you say, and and you just kind of uh, kind of grow up, and then eventually, when you can afford it, you buy it and you can play it. I saw in an op shop recently a copy of Scarface on PlayStation 2 that I had to buy, uh, because it was one of those games that I'd rented and played for a week or whatever, or three nights. You <laughs> I know, saw that on nights. Instagram. Yeah, you posted that. Yeah, and uh, the other one I would buy in a, in a heartbeat is um, uh, the Godfather one. Same story. Like I, um, I'd played it a little bit, but I'd never quite managed to because you've only got three days or a week, or depending on you know how long you've rented it for, and it's always around your birthday or Christmas or school holidays. You know, there's this time where you just kind of dedicate and try and win this game, uh, but you never quite did. So, kind of nostalgically wanting to complete a game. What was the the hardest game you completed, or the one that memorably you know you think about? When you're like, I can't believe I completed that game or I didn't complete that game. <laughs> Recently, uh, I've gotten a Game Boy uh, again and I played um, Tetris. And I know people are going to laugh at this. I've never gotten the rocket. And I, it was always mythical to me. I go, no, there's no such thing as the rocket. Um, it's when you get 100,000, over 100,000 points in Tetris. For a lot of people, this was easy. And I played Tetris since 14, obsessively, and I never got 100,000. I feel so pathetic. Recently, only a couple of weeks ago, I, I played on the Game Boy, the Tetris, and I played over and over and over again. I finally got the rocket. I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh my gosh, I quickly was taking photos. I didn't even, like an idiot who goes to the concert and, and takes photos or videos on their smartphone without actually enjoying the concert. That was me two <laughs> weeks ago. I was just taking photos and shared it on Facebook. I got the rocket. Oh my god. <laughs> so that was a recent big achievement for me. But I guess at a young age, uh, Shadow Warriors is regarded to be one of the hardest games in the entire gaming world. Like, an angry video game nerd has a great episode about that. You guys should definitely check it online. I was beating that game every day. I'd come home from school, play that game for an hour and a bit and beat it. Like, almost every day for like a year. That's how obsessively I played some games. So, I guess that one was a big achievement. Also, the Resident Evils, beating those. Um, because it was yeah. like ending a nightmare. Because playing those games for me, especially really scary ones, I couldn't sleep until the nightmare was over. Like, you know, sort of a movie, you got to get to the end, you know, and finish that movie. And it was like that with gaming. It was just this challenge. No, I have to beat this game. So endless nights, I would just play. And then I'd have to wake up for school within six hours. You know, I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> hmm. I, uh, I completed Resident Evil 1 and 2 as well. And it is a massive relief and then you find out you know there's other things you can do and you think do i want to go through this game again yeah. for, for me completing um, metal gear solid the first one was um a big deal and you know it's like got so many layers it's such a great little game and um i thoroughly enjoyed it but the one that sticks with me is um x-men on 
the um, Sega because of this weird glitch. Now, on the Sega console, there's a on-off button and a restart button, and for years we did not know what to do. Maybe other people have experienced this. Maybe you guys got it right away, and you're more clever than me and my brothers, but there's a point in... Um, you run through the age of apocalypse and you know things are going uh bad for you and you can play as either wolverine cyclops nightcrawler or um blanking gambit or gambit and um when you get to the end of this one level it tells you to restart the computer and there's this hovering thing uh i believe it's mojo's level but um you kind of you can jump up and hit it and then it just disappears and explodes and that's it. And there's a timer on the level. So as time runs out, you're just in this room and there's nothing to do in the room. You can either hit the thing or not hit the thing. And it says restart the computer, right? And for years we did not know that you had to, on your console, hit restart at that point during the game. Like we didn't, we didn't even think of it. Like it wasn't a thing that we were like. That's like that Metal Gear Solid game. I don't know if you played it where you had to put the controller yep. into the second port. Yep. Yeah. And if you had a memory card and like, yep, this is, this is the kind of thing it was. But it was like you know. That's really breaking the wall. Yeah. Yeah, and we were like, "What? We can't do anything." Like you're in this room, and I believe one day we actually were just like, "No, oh, who cares? Just start again." And we hit it. Like hit restart just happened to do it that day yeah. and it just blew our minds oh wow like yeah and it was such an insane moment because it's like you've reset and suddenly you've done the thing that it's asking you to do and then stuff flies across the screen like the matrix and it resets and you've been inside the simulation you know the x-men they go into the danger room and you've been inside this simulation and then the next level you're out of it oh wow that must have blew your mind <laughs> Yeah, and the final level, you know, you're going after Magneto on the moon and stuff, and we were like, oh my god, this is amazing. And I mean, we won it probably that evening, you know, like we played and played and played that final level, because it was years in the making, like we took like a eight, ten year break from it, and I'm sure we played it again like years later, and we're just like, oh yeah, whatever. <laughs> we didn't, didn't think to Google it or anything like that, we didn't seek it out, it very organically happened, which was amazing. Yeah, I beat um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the video game on, on Nintendo, and that's one of the hardest games, and there's just these levels where you trying to make this jump, you jump over and over, it looks like a really simple jump, and you just jump and you're always falling, always falling, that's where you'd always die, and then you get up to it again, and then you just accidentally walk over it. You, you go too far, and that's all you had to do was walk over it. You're like, oh my gosh, you know, that relief you feel. And then the game got harder and harder, but nothing like that again, where it just, you know, just this thing that fools you into thinking that you have to jump, but all you have to do is do a gentle walk over, and oh, <laughs> my gosh, drove me nuts. <laughs> yeah. The first video game that was ever turned into a film is Super Mario Brothers which was 1993. Yeah, it's interesting because uh, we, we, we had a lot of movies about video games like War Games or Wizard or most recently Wreck-It Ralph and that brilliant yep. documentary um, Fistful of Kong, I think it's called, or Fistful of Quarters. Fistful uh, of uh, Quarters? The, yeah. Yep, King of Kong. Oh, King yep. of Kong, yeah, that, that was brilliant. But... Um, and I, I think that's one of the best ones uh, out there. But in, in this month, I think we're just going to be specifically focusing on mo movie adaptations of established video games and not of, um, you know, movies about video games like The Wizard and things like that. 
Yeah, and um, if people haven't already, if you have a YouTube account, you can find our YouTube channel uh, through podmeifyoucan.com. The link is there on the left. We're going to be launching some videos this month as well, um, specifically about uh, reviewing some video game adaptations, and Lloyd's got some good ones coming up. It's amazing with Super Mario Brothers, that first one, that it's so different than the game. I know. Did you watch the movie when you were really young? And obviously you're a Sega fan, but you knew of yeah. Mario. There's no kid on the world yeah. that didn't know anything about Mario. Did, of course. And then when you saw the movie, was it a case of, huh? Yeah, it was... It Initially, I wasn't even sure it was the same thing. You know, sometimes you'll see a film which is called the same thing as another film. And I thought, oh, this... Super Mario Brothers is just a different kind of Super Mario Brothers. Like, it's not even the same thing. It's not the same franchise. It just happens to have the same name. I was confused from the beginning. <laughs> uh, then you're kind of putting it together like, oh, they're plumbers. Okay. I always <laughs> had in my mind the movies was the authenticity. Like, oh, now it's a movie that they're allowed to take their own rules, their own law, and now this is the standard. And the video games mm. is always subpar. Um, for so I just always had that in my mind. But that movie was... Like, I must have watched it a hundred times when I was young because I couldn't believe they made a movie, a live-action movie on um, the video game series. I even collected cards. You know, I've, I've got them somewhere. They've got to be worth something now, surely. You know, of... of um, of Super Mario Brothers, like, you know, the movie cards that would come out and you collect mm. all the movie cards. They're not playable. They're just trading cards, I guess. I must have collected all of those. I was so obsessed with this movie. And it's such a piece of shit. You know, it's really <laughs> awful. Um, and they have a good... they great actors attached to it. Dennis Hopper's fantastic. Bob Hoskins, uh, an incredible actor. And, of course, um, I can never pronounce his name, but Baz Luhrmann uses him in, like, every movie. Lozano, Luguziano, yeah, I I think he's a fantastic actor, really maturing, and I hope he gets more serious roles because as crap as the happening was, he was really good in that for his brief role. Um, Yeah, so let me ask you. Yep. Sorry, uh, I was going to say, were you a Street Fighter or a Mortal Kombat fan? (laughs) I was both. Uh, The Street Fighter, the movie, when that came out, um, it was so. I don't know if you saw it, the animated movie. Mm-hmm. You saw that movie? I, I saw did. that in year six, well before the live action movie came out. And I still think to this day, although a lot of people don't count it because it is an animated movie, I still think that to this day is the best and um, movie adaptation of a video game, Street Fighter, the animated series. It's really, really, really well done. But if we're, we're going to take that argument where we can't count animated movies in the world of movies, then... Um, you know, I, I'm going to say Mortal Kombat is the best video game movie adaptation so wow. far. Yeah, <laughs> I'm looking at this list on um, Wikipedia, Dave. Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic. None of these movie adaptations have generated over fifty percent on Rotten Tomato ratings, <laughs> or gone yeah. over forty. No, no, gone over fifty on the Metacritic score. Like, there hasn't been a good movie adaptation uh, movie adaptation of a video game yet. Mm. Well, the thing is, Final Fantasy is the highest, and uh, for that film, which I saw at the movies, the film acts as one giant cutscene, and it's just like an unplayable movie. I, I know uh, that. Because it all... Yeah, that movie... Like, I played Final Fantasy VII a lot when I was young, 
and I, I just try to avoid RPGs because they just take up so much of my time. I'm really, I'm in a really obsessive person, so when I play a game, I'll I'll play it to death. So I stay away from World of Warcraft as much as I respect that, and of course Final Fantasy. When I saw Final Fantasy the movie, um, I know that movie broke a lot of rules um, and opened up a lot of opportunities with um, CGI. Like it really was groundbreaking in that sense. But I saw it at the movies. I think I might have saw it with you, Dave, and I, I didn't think too much about it. Mm. yeah the one that i think made it acceptable for everybody because i really enjoyed street fighter i, I enjoyed the van damme really you loved it <laughs> I, I enjoyed it because i was a kid you know i mean i saw it at it that exact and- age and i think if i hadn't had seen the animated movie i would have really enjoyed um street fighter but because i was just disappointed yeah. with how goofy they took the characters i was like oh i can't wait till i see sagat sagat's gonna be amazing you know he was so amazing in the cartoon and you see him i love west studi he was in um last of the mohicans and he he looked great as sagat but just the way they portrayed him just wasn't as powerful wasn't as strong vega was portrayed pretty cool but ryu and ken were kind of goofy zangief was yeah. goofy Goofy, Balrog. It's difficult the, to get Ryu and Ken right, and yeah, everybody's favorite. Yeah, but <laughs> a, a lot. This movie is rated like top five in the best video game adapt- adaptations in some lists. Other lists, it's in the top five worst. And you know, I'm looking at that. And I'm just like, going, yeah, I guess I can see why if you enjoyed it like as a kid and it's really fun you know. But unfortunately for me, I was tainted because I saw the cartoon series and I just wanted that seriousness. I've heard countless people retelling Guile's speech <laughs> where he says, we're going to go up river and kick that son of a bitch bison's ass so hard that the next bison wannabe is going to feel it. <laughs> that speech has been repeated throughout my life. Um, and it's probably part of my love for it because in 1994, when it comes out, I'm 11 years old, you know, so I'm seeing it on VHS at age 12 or 13. And at that time, you know, you know, approaching like you know my my teenage years my formative years and people are liking action films i'm enjoying action films it becomes one of those things that you and your friends sort of watch you know for me mortal kombat felt like a joke oh really uh, wow. i loved mortal kombat the music yeah. was fantastic the theme song <laughs> oh my gosh and just that that tournament setting they have to go to this mysterious tournament and fight like the quest or blood sport and scorpion they nailed sub-zero they nailed goro they nailed Sun- i love so i loved sub-zero oh I'm yeah it was fantastic that. um and there was great little areas they could have tapped into so much like kano they did so perfectly and how he has that rivalry with Sonya and he's got that English accent like hello baby did you miss me and then he's fighting and he dies I'm like oh my gosh there's a whole backstory that they could make a movie just on those two characters because Kano looks so cool and I loved the video games when I was young especially Mortal Kombat 3 it just blew my mind just that realistic looking photography you know the people fighting and the bloodiness of it and everything like that and I just oh man I loved Mortal Kombat so much when I was a kid yeah so what made it really stupid for you i suppose i hadn't played the game as much and uh the game that i favored was street fighter because i asked you you know street fighter and world combat you did both yeah for me i probably played street fighter much much more so that was sort of my fighting game you know that i really wanted to see adapted and then when mortal Kombat came along i remembered it being like when you do the fighting just i suppose 
the way the animation in the game is put me off. Uh, you know, it's sort of glitch, 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 glitch back and forth between like punches <laughs> yeah. and stuff. Yeah. It's hard to explain on a pod- on an audio podcast, but uh, I suppose the fluid motion of Street Fighter more so I favoured. Anyway, but then when I watched the Mortal Kombat movie, I was like, "What is going on?" Because I didn't, I didn't love the characters. I didn't have that kind of um, affection yeah. for the game. Yeah, like I loved uh, Raiden was uh, Christopher Lambert. I actually heard it's actually pronounced Lambier. Christopher Lambier. Oh. I don't know. A Lambert to me. Christopher Lambert. I don't know. But he was great as Raiden. Really funny. And I love how Johnny Cash fights Goro I know how well you remember it um you know he's gonna die he's gonna get his arms ripped off Goro's just tearing everyone left Goro is the one with four or six arms that's correct yeah and then they fight Johnny Cash splits his leg uh does the splits sorry splits his leg does the splits and then punches him in the nuts and that gives him the advantage to beat Goro and that's brilliant use of worming what's in the game that's Johnny Cash's special move into um the drama of the movie at a very critical part it was really really well done um you know he does the splits punches him in the balls and then takes out Goro. it's just absolutely fantastic and i love um uh you know when reptile appears that's another great moment like all the sub-zero guys that they were done so so well and the environments oh man i'm gonna watch that movie again when this podcast is over (laughs) (laughs) sub-zero was my favorite character to play as in mortal kombat yeah he was and in subsequent games like when the gameplay improved i think i was more of a fan of mortal kombat um and i would always play as sub-zero but um yeah uh less when the i suppose when the first movie came out i thought it was more of a joke the biggest flaw in that movie um sonya blade becomes a damsel in distress at the end they have to rescue but you watch the movie she's built up as this really good assassin and then she's just taken you know by shang Tsung. it's just like can't she fight back i'm sure she could put up a hell of a fight you know what i mean (laughs) like yeah she just becomes a weak damsel in distress but that's a flaw 90 percent of action movies always make hmm uh, the one I was going to say that legitimizes video games turning into movies is when Angelina Jolie plays Lara Croft. That's a great point. Um, I don't think two thousand one. I don't think Tomb Raider is a good movie. I don't think the sequel is a good movie. Um, but a lot of people seem to really like this. They put it in the top three. Angelina Jolie perfectly cast as the character Lara Croft. Did you play the Lara Croft video games when you were young? My brothers did. I watched it be uh you know it's rating terms as expected <laughs> it, it's, it's indiana jones bo- with a hot english chick that's all it is yeah it's very boring to watch other people play. <laughs> it, it's play magical it to play i played the first one all the way through two and three i played little bits of i didn't quite get it um uh, get into it as much as i did the first one but they recently remade this on the ps3 now it's just been released on the playstation 4 there's a new game about to come out of tomb raider and everyone i know who played it they said lloyd you have to play this game it is absolutely fantastic the technology now is so phenomenal um and they put lara croft through i think this island she has to get out of it's just brutal it's realistic it's absolutely phenomenal um so yeah they're going crazy with lara croft i wouldn't be surprised if they're going to turn that into a movie again and hopefully just emulate the game because i hear so much about the game's um um story is so good but lara croft in 2001 i I bought tickets right away to see it i go oh my gosh they're making two rated the movie and i remember really liking it um going to see in the movies it was a fun action movie you know 
Yeah, but I saw it again well, recently. It is pretty brain numbing. <laughs> <laughs> they are rebooting the franchise. Um, we'll see another Lara Croft in our lifetimes, and in my head, I'm imagining it's going to be Megan Fox. Yep. You know, from uh, Transformers. I hope not. <laughs> well, she is a very beautiful girl, like very pretty face. But everyone, go check out my review of uh, Passion Play to see what I think of Megan Fox. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. On YouTube. For me, Lara Croft was like, uh, had that kind of Coyote Ugly effect where you're like, oh, cool, chicks. <laughs> you know, you're, you're a guy and you want to watch this movie with chicks, fine. But then sort of, you know, the film itself is, is only okay, I suppose. Um, short shorts and the Tomb Raider outfit, though, it's iconic. And everybody would do that for, you know, Halloween and dress up parties yeah. and stuff. You know, yeah. you see a lot of Tomb Raiders turning up. And it's Did you some see kind of the movie fantasy, when it came yeah? out? I did, yeah. Well, what'd you think? Did I mean, you like I, it? Um, it was during that period of time where I was working at the movies, so I could see everything. Yeah. And I remember thinking that was pretty good, but the sequel, not so good. Oh, the sequel is garbage. And speaking mm. of sequels, sorry, Mortal Kombat Annihilation, the sequel to Mortal Kombat, it's one of the worst movies I have ever seen. It is so. I remember all of us being so excited. We all came into the movies. We all came out just, you know, staggering out of the cinema. Going, oh, what the hell was that? <laughs> and Rotten Tomatoes agrees with you. <laughs> I remember that The Rock and Doom in 2005 was a big deal, like in terms of video game movies. You got those shots that were exactly like yeah, the, the point of view Doom. shots. I was thinking, oh, they're definitely got to do that, aren't they? They're definitely got to do that. And when it came on, I was like, yeah. oh, okay, they did it. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't the whole film like that. I would imagine that. They that could have, have done insane. it better. Like, you know, they I don't know, making The Rock the bad guy, I think was a bad move, but the, there's lots of issues with that film. Like, um, yeah, I remember watching it and not liking it at all. I've always wondered why there's never been a Grand Theft Auto movie. Yeah. That- there's so many Grand Theft Auto games and throughout the years, you know, that they've never made that a franchise. Like, it's stealing cars, like, Gone in 60 Seconds is almost Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. Anyway, feels like it would be a very easy one to I, I think they're just afraid, because they're making so much money from Grand Theft Auto, the game. It's such a popular... Everyone loves that video game. I think they're just worried that it might hurt the, the franchise. Like, why bother making a movie? We're making millions. But I always argue, why not? You've got to make more. <laughs> um, mm. yeah. Call of Duty's the same. I imagine that it's the kind of franchise that they're like stick to video games for now you know it's um we got to talk about resident evil when that movie came out in 2002 and that made a lot of money it was only made for like 30 million or 35 million and made about 100 million when it came out and it it was such a success it generated like four or five sequels that have come out since and i think another one's about to come out and uh the final one i think oh they'll say the final one over and over again as long as it's making money <laughs> the final one with mila Jovovich, oh i Jogovich see yep. whatever yeah probably <laughs> yeah very very beautiful lady um like i love resident evil the video games so much they were all great for me Re- resident evil one two three uh, um four i really loved but f- uh, i know a lot of people are going to be shocked to hear me say this but five I really, really loved 5. It was cooperative, you can play together, and it turned away from survival horror in a way. Like, you're not in a haunted house and spooky, Sonic in the Dark is coming at you. It's more of a case, like, it did have elements of that, but it's more of an action horror game now, like, than 
than um, what it, what its roots were, and a lot of fans of uh, Resident Evil weren't happy with that. I, for one, thought it was incredible. I had more fun playing Resident Evil 5, and I played that really obsessively on the PlayStation 3... No, sorry, Xbox 360. Uh, I had more fun playing that than I did watching a Michael Bay movie um, like Transformers. Like, I love... There are a couple of Michael Bay movies I love, but his most recent ones, Transformers, is just so mind-numbingly stupid for me. Um, you know what I mean? I had much more fun playing a video game than I did watching a movies, and that's a scary thing for me, seeing that transition in entertainment, where maybe video games will eventually overtake movies completely, which some people argue they have. <laughs> um, I mean, you see people, when you go to the movies, they flick out their phones, yeah. and then they're, they're playing games but during the trailers. I, I think the sometimes... moment you become Humphrey Bogart kissing English, Ingrid Bergman, uh, I think that's when movies will end and video games will become the new chapter. It hasn't reached that point yet. Uh, I guess vi- virtual reality is what I'm talking about. But video games, I respect, I love. If I could live a second life, it would be dedicated all to video games. But, you know. <laughs> um, but when Resident Evil, that movie came out, I was so disappointed in it. I didn't like it at all. But a lot of people really like that movie because it... it got a lot of people who didn't play video games or didn't know anything about Resident Evil to watch it because they liked um, the idea, oh, it's a zombie movie, you know what I mean? Like, um, I don't think it was the start of zombie movies. Again, I think obviously no. Resident Evil, the franchise, definitely helped in bringing back zombies to the mainstream, but not the movie Resident Evil. I don't think it did that. Um, I think personally it was the 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 remake of um dawn of the dead that really brought zombies back and now zombies are everywhere in tv shows and in movies everywhere (laughs) zombies are very popular at the moment aren't they the walking dead i think did a spin-off i haven't seen yeah no they did the start how walking dead fear the walking dead i think it's called the pilot just got Mm. recently released and, and a lot of people absolutely loved it and of course we covered world war z as well or zed on our um podcast too so. I, I, I personally zombie love zombies stuff. i have them in all my short films if you guys want to check that out there should be links on our website uh what i'm happy I'm sure with there are. <laughs> what i'm happy with resident evil was how the video games went in one direction and the movies went in the other the movies really became its own thing and the video games became its own thing and i think both parties were happy to part like taking that resident evil name but not you know two separate universes and i think audiences were quick to get that right away so that's what i'm happy with i don't like the resident evil franchise at all the movie but i do love the video games for me i haven't seen the entire franchise of resident evil i've sort i've seen the first two maybe three but i definitely dropped off for the franchise for me what it did was it made me want to go back and play the games which I thought was a good thing too. Like, you know, sometimes you'll see a film or something that's based on a book and then suddenly you'll go, I want to go read that book. You know, it helps you discover the source material. And so for me, the Resident Evil franchise has shed more light on the video games and made people check those out as well, you know. Uh, For me, I went back and played the games again and, you know, just had a great time. But yeah, the franchise, I haven't stuck with it, so I couldn't tell you if it's been a great six films for Resident Evil did you see did you ever see oh uh, did you see any of the uh yui bowl movies that we we have to bring up his name uh, at this point um that he he's done so he he did house of the dead didn't he's he? done a whole bunch um like i think blood house rain of the dead yeah alone house in of the, the dead that one house of the that dead. we remember from <laughs> yeah. 
from our arc- arcade games days when you'd walk in behind that curtain and it would all be zombies and stuff, <laughs> wouldn't it? I did see Blood Rain. I remember it being pretty terrible. Uh, there's a very famous sex scene in Blood Rain where they're in some kind of cage setting um, that I remember being on some shocking sex scene lists and stuff. Like uh, The whole film it was completely forgettable for me and and I have seen Blood Rain, but it was just on VHS. Yeah, I think Yui Bowl represents everything that's wrong with video game movies. You have to adapt them. Like, what I'm hoping for, what I really want with all of this, is to see a resurgence like comic book movies. Because for us growing up in the 90s, there had been a few great comic book adaptations. Superman, the first two. Batman, um, and Batman Returns, and to an extent Batman Forever, depending on how you want to go. Definitely not Batman um, and Robin and Blade. But that's only a handful of movies, of comic books that were adapted well to movies. Hollywood did not respect the comic books. And what's happening with video games, they're just exploiting it. They're just saying, oh, we can make money, let's just do something with it. And they run away with these ideas to make a movie without looking at the source material at all. Um, and it's so disappointing. I, I really do believe there is great drama to draw from these video games, great experiences that you can take from these video games and interject it into the movies. The the first step that they have to do is to respect the source material, get a director who you know respects the source material and cast it really well, and they could really do do it service. Yui Bowl represents everything that's against that he ju- he's just there to exploit the name of the video games and to get you know to get money out of it i i don't think he cares about creating a good story at all and it's so disappointing because he's really hurting the whole entire um possibilities of this gaming renaissance that that could be shared in the movie world because at the moment i'm looking at the video game the video game adaptations that have been turned into movies and none of them have scored over 50 percent on rotten tomatoes none of them have scored over 50 on metacritic and it's just a shame we we have um this situation with video games you're absolutely right and well put um i feel like that's what this month is about we're going to be uh, in the upcoming episodes this month we're going to be talking about um the next one's wing commander and that's going to be a video uh, lloyd reviews wing commander on um our youtube channel so you can head over there subscribe you can check it out you can also follow us on facebook and you're going to get a post of each one we do throughout the course of the month uh posted there we're also going to be reviewing some less favorable ones uh, i'm going to take on uh doa which if anybody's seen it plays all the time on tv doa uh dead or alive uh i'm going to delve into silent hill as well i can't got, wait um, for that review dave because i've always i've been a huge fan of the silent hill video games but i still haven't seen the movie so i can't wait to hear your opinion on it yeah it's one of the ones like that i rented and never got to finish the game and it's one of the ones that kind of haunts you like we were talking about uh, but as well this month, uh, we will we'll probably close out the month with talking about everything that's coming up with video games. So we're talking uh, all the franchises that we can look forward to in the coming years. And some of those uh, are adapt- adapted from apps, you know. They're going to do an Angry Birds movie. <laughs> I can't uh, believe that. Plants vs. Zombies is an app. Um, <laughs> as well, we've got Minecraft, which is crazy, uh, you know, popular at the moment. There's going to be a Tetris movie. 
one of my favorites which will be um metal gear solid we'll talk about that there's a ton of films they're rebooting uh mortal kombat rebooting what did i say before uh tomb raider there's a ton of stuff that we can look forward to you know um an amazing amount that we'll get into on a future podcast too i suppose just you know follow us on uh, podmeifyoucan.com throughout the month we're going to be getting into it, aren't we, Lloyd? Oh, yeah, this is a big one for us, guys. We grew up with the console gaming era, first generation. Well, technically not Atari, I guess. We just missed out on all that. But we did grow up with the huge Nintendo and Sega. Obviously, this is a great contrast because Dave had the Sega world, I had the Nintendo world, you know. Um, but our love of video games was really strong in our youth. And although we don't play as much video games anymore, we're still really intrigued and um, follow it really heavily, especially me. I, I like World of Warcraft and so forth. I always read up on articles of what they're doing with it. For some reason, I just love the industry so much. And if there is a game that, like the South Park game was one of the most recent ones, um, that game I could finish in 12 hours. So that's something I'll get into. But yeah, <laughs> you know, it's just really hard. You've got to really, that time. Yeah, exactly. It's just really time consuming. One of the ones I never got to follow through with the Metal Gear Solid franchise. Like, I enjoyed the first game a lot. Uh, I've started playing the second game this year, uh, but I know there's five games at least. And, you know, coming up to the movie, it's such a complicated plot, the Metal Gear Solid um, uh, game. But it's such an enjoyable experience to play it. So um, I'll probably be hitting that game up shortly and uh, trying to get through, like... I got to play it at night, Lloyd. I got to play it on weekends. I got to play it at times when um, everyone's when asleep. Going on. It sometimes though it's it's a choice though. I could do this podcast or I could do video games. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, once we started the podcast, it definitely took up a lot of time. We're like, oh, I better not play that game. I got some research to do. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, is it. So yeah. Sorry. I no, I was I was just going to say um, Max Payne as well was a big game for us and when that movie came out with mark Wahlberg, oh man it was terrible <laughs> i saw the reviews i never saw the film yeah it, it's not very good also prince of persia um had a big budget yeah. good good cast and everything like that but wasn't very big as well i remember prince of persia like became very much about the movie became really about jake gyllenhaal's abs it was like, check it out. Check how in shape Jake Gyllenhaal is, everybody. <laughs> well, I remember a lot of backlash for not casting a Persian person in Prince of Persia. But I'm like, but that's the Hollywood system. They've they got to make their money back. And if they cast a person that no one knows about, they're, they're not going to attract the viewers to see the movie. But I do understand the criticism of not casting, you know, authenticity to the role. It's the same story as um, Exodus. Oh, yes. We, yeah, we discussed that. Which, yep. Yeah, we reviewed on the podcast too. <laughs> uh, we hope you guys will follow us through the month. Um, we'll we'll get into all kinds of stuff, I'm sure. And uh, you know, we'd love to hear what you might, what you guys might like to talk about, uh, what you might like to hear reviewed. Uh, you can always get in touch with us on Facebook and suggest what you reckon is the best video game adaptation, or even what you think will be the best video game adaptation everyone's uh, hyping up assassin's creed which has michael fassbender it's due out in 2016 warcraft, warcraft as well. yep. yeah uh there's a ton of stuff you know i wouldn't be surprised if we do start to see video game movies being taken seriously yeah i can't wait i think it's going to be a really um once they break that mold once you get that movie that's like the citizen kane of video games 
everyone will follow suit. We saw that really with X-Men um, coming out by Brian Singer that went, oh, wow, you can do comic books like this. But as well, the biggest one was Iron Man, was just cast really well, treated with so much respect and enthusiasm. And now we have all these great Marvel comic book movies i don't know why people are complaining about maybe it's an oversaturation people are complaining about it but for dave and i who grew up in a world where there's only a handful of comic book movies that we loved you know it's just great to finally see it i think tarantino did a recent interview where he's like oh it just sucks i had to wait till my 50s to see people making adaptations of comic books you know and (laughs) so we're so spoiled um in this era dave to live through these great comic book um adaptations because i'm really enjoying it and i really wish there'll come a time when they'll make video games in the same vein i think that that time is coming up now which is probably why we are tackling it on the podcast and and uh, i think casting like you say has a lot to do with it you know hugh jackman became a huge megastar because of wolverine you know it's um it's that thing where they get the casting right people love um robert downey jr as iron man for example if you watch a film and you're like drawn to the actor and you create a really iconic role and an iconic character and the stories are there they're in the video games they can they can make this work yeah so they they missed it with angelina jolie in tomb raider they just didn't make a good they just didn't have a good script but they had the perfect actor to play it um you know what i mean yeah yeah and uh they'll look in the next um, episode, uh, when we talk about upcoming um, video game movies, I think we'll talk about what we think has the best chances, and what we think, you know, um, what we think if they get the casting right, the story's there. What what's going to make the money? What's going to be the film that makes it credible? You know, um, that makes uh, that gives longevity to video game movies. If you can make a movie out of a theme park ride, you could make a movie about anything. <laughs> And, you know, I mean, if they ever make a Seinfeld movie, there'll be a movie about nothing. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Lloyd. Well, um, throughout the month, video games here on Podme, if you can, we're looking forward to it and we'll hope you uh, will enjoy it as well. Hit it. for listening please like us on facebook and follow us on twitter go to www.podmeifyoucan.com pod me if you can movie reviews 